Y'all don't really expect me to preach after that, do you? It is really hard, especially to do it again in a second service. It's like a blind date I had one time. I don't know if I'm going to do that again, all right? <clears throat> but uh, <laughs> I don't know why I said that. It just came out. <laughs> it wasn't Patsy, by the way. Oh, my goodness. Marshall. Thank you for coming from Louisville, Kentucky. My dear friend and brother, Marshall and I went out to the prison to uh, preach. He preached. We went out there to accompany him, and I'm telling you, you're talking about revival breaking out in that prison. It really did. So thank you so much. It's been a long time since I've seen you, about 50 pounds ago, I believe it's been. Amen. Thank you so much, my brother, for honoring us today. Oh, just thank all of you. Brady uh, said thank you doesn't seem to be efficient right now enough, but let me just say on behalf of Patsy and our dear family, uh, thank you for honoring us today. You didn't have to do this. And we know that, and we're grateful. We really are. It means a lot to us, and I just want to say thank you for loving us the way that you have these 28 years and even past that as we've been here serving. So thank you so much. We love you guys. There's so many people that we'd like to thank personally, all of you, but there's some I just need to really felt like today I wanted to recognize, and two of those were our last charter members of this church when it was built in 1988 the little building we had was dw and maxine dawes and uh they were here in the first service they may still be here but they're charter members their son phil was a founding pastor here at uh lindsey lane and I, I followed him in 1992 and so uh anyway i want to thank them i want to thank dw billy neal jim ernest and todd brown uh, those were the first deacons here at Lindsay Lane. They were the deacons. The four deacons were here when I came. They were my best friends. They're the ones that helped call me here and asked me to be their pastor at Shoney's a Sunday night after I spoke. I watched them come in. I told Patsy, what did I say? There, there comes the deacons. And so they asked me to be the pastor here, and, and we're here. And then Don and Sheila Lauderdale, uh, faithful servants of God, they were here they came from First Baptist with other members and to serve here, and they stayed. And they've been here a long, long time, even before I came, and others, and I want them to know I appreciate them. And Bradley and Karen Griggs, can't say enough about that. And Sonny and Susie Schofield. Sonny just passed away. And, you know, they were my faithful staff, and along with Jeff and Dina Bowman. Jeff Bowman was my first youth pastor here he came round island and he served here as youth pastor him and dina and then my neighbor randy brown you saw in that video the reason uh the reason that uh jennifer had that coke i was mowing the grass i was their neighbor and she came over and brought me a coke i never forgotten that they were dear neighbors and friends and he's on staff here and i want to recognize some of our staff randy brown eric Pugh, Dwayne stroud kim odom my faithful assistant uh, Beverly Reed, Janie McBay, 
Janet Hill, Cindy Steely, Daniel Hardeman, Alan Ostrisky, and others. It's all of them. But they, that staff has been here over 10 years and some over 15. And so uh, longevity in staff says a lot about a church. And I just want to personally thank that staff for the way they supported our ministry here and supported me and Patsy personally and our family. They've been so good to us, and you have. And I just want to say thank you. And I want to say a special thanks to our pastor, Andy John King, and his lovely wife, Brittany, my niece, and uh, their entire team, their ministry team, who made this moment special for us. And they've been working on this for over a year. You know, we had it planned for last April, and then COVID hit, right? And uh, somebody said Johnny Hunt and I were two of the wisest men in the world because both of us, both of us retired before COVID-19. They didn't plan it that way. I'd already announced eight months before I retired, so it wasn't because of COVID, but it did hit, and they had to postpone this ceremony today. And, but they've been working diligently, not only on this, but as a team, uh, really through most difficult times. I can't even imagine what all they've been going through here as a staff and pastor. And So Andy, John, and Brittany, thank you so much for doing this and making it special for us today and all the staff. I, I really appreciate it, and Patsy and I, our family really appreciates it, really do. One of the first cards I received when I retired was this one. It came from a dear couple, Mike and Jackie Nolan. They're sitting right over there. They sent me this, sent me this card. It says, retirement has its ups and downs. You get up whenever you want to, and you lie down when you feel like it. And I'm telling you, there's a lot of truth in that. It really is. It's been awesome. I've been working with North American Mission Board part-time. been working with them, and I've been doing some odd jobs for Miss Patsy, some honeydew things I've caught up on, and playing with some of my grandkids and getting a chance to hang out with them and then playing a lot of golf. And it's been enjoying retirement, really have. And, of course, we're still here at Lindsay Lane serving whenever needed. And so God's blessed us in retirement. He really has. And I want to say a special word to all my little friends. Some of you have grown up now, but my little friends used to come and hug my leg. And they'd say, Pastor Dusty, I love you. And so I want to say a word to all of them just to say thank you. I've dedicated so many of these kids. But uh, I want to share. I'd be remiss if I didn't share one last little Johnny joke. Here it is. And by the way, little Johnny called me up the other day. He did. He called me up. said, Pastor Dusty, since you're retiring, you're going to have to make some changes. And I said, well, little Johnny, you're exactly right. I'm going to have to make some changes, a lot of changes. He said, well, look, Pastor, the first thing you're going to have to do is change your cell phone's voicemail. And I said, well, little Johnny, that's kind of interesting. Never thought about that, but what would you suggest my new voicemail to be? And little Johnny said, well, let me just share it with you. Here it is. Hello, my name is Pastor Dusty. I'm not available right now. I'm retired. I'm making some changes in my life. Please leave a message after the beat. And if I do not return your call, guess what? You're one of those changes. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Little Johnny is a mess. He really is. But I've enjoyed sharing, though. I, just started, I don't know why I started that, but I did over the years. And the kids... You know, they don't hear anything I say in my sermon, but boy, they love those little Johnny jokes, and most adults as well. But anyway, let me just share with you the message that God's put on my heart. 
As I shared in the first service, I've had this message prepared over a year. In April of uh, 2020, I got up early one morning, as I usually do, and doing my daily devotions. And I started reading the devotion. It talked about the greater things. Jesus told his disciples, greater things than these you're going to do. And I'm telling you, it hit me like a ton of bricks. I began to weep. I began to sit there and just cry. And Patsy came over and she asked me what was going on. I told her and I shared the devotion with her. And then she began to weep. And we just sat there and wept because we knew God had called us here. And we felt like and really confirmed that God had let us retire. But greater things are coming for Lindsay Lane than when we were here. And that spoke to me. And the, the song the choir just sang. I looked it up on YouTube. It's Chris Tomlin. I began to play that song. You know, better things are yet to come. Greater things are still to be done in this city. And we began to weep. We just began to weep. And so now our tears have turned to joy after a year now to watch what's happening and see how God has unfolded all of this. Our tears have just turned to great joy because I'm telling you, Lindsey Lane is a blessed church and you have an awesome pastor and his wife. And I'm telling you, that I just want to share that with you. He's what God put in my heart. So open your Bibles to John chapter 1. John chapter 1. And I'm going to speak today on greater things than these. Greater things than these. John chapter 1, and look in verse 47. Let's just start there. This is Jesus calling his disciples. He just called Andrew and, uh, and, and Peter. And now he's called Philip, and Philip's got Nathaniel. And he's having a conversation with Nathaniel. Verse 47. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him. And he said, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. And Nathan said to him, Well, how did you know my name? And Jesus said, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. And Nathanael answered and said, Oh my goodness, Rabbi, you are the Son of God, and you are the King of Israel. And Jesus answered him and said, Verse 50. Because I said to you, I saw you under the tree, fig tree, did you believe? You will see greater things than these. Father, bless our hearts today and our minds that we can absorb your truth. And Father, I pray today that you would penetrate our hearts and speak directly into our beings. And Lord, help encourage us today in this message. Challenge us even to realize, Lord, that you're still on the throne. And, Lord, greater things are coming to Lindsay Lane Baptist Church. Greater things than we can ever, ever saw or we can even imagine are still coming. And so, Lord, I'm excited for the future of this great church. So speak, Lord. Speak to our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, get the picture. I want you to see this. Jesus is calling his disciples. He's already called Andrew and Peter, and Philip's come, and Philip got his buddy. By the way, that's what evangelism is. One beggar sharing with another beggar where to find bread, all right? And so he's found some bread. He's found the Messiah, Philip has. And he says, Nathaniel, I want you to come and see. We found the Messiah. He's from Nazareth. <clears throat> and when he said that, in verse 47 
uh, Nathaniel said, Nazareth? You mean he's from Nazareth, the Messiah? He said, oh, yeah. He said, how can anything good come out of Nazareth? So he was like a lot of people, very skeptical of who Jesus was. And uh, the, the, the disciples, he already called, that they were following him and said, we're going to follow him. And then Jesus gives the punchline in verse number 50. He said, because I told you you were under the fig tree, is that why you believe me? Look up here, Nathaniel. Look, greater things than that are these you're going to see. You think I knew your name and I knew you before Philip even told me? Yeah, that's a, that's a miracle. That's phenomenal. But listen, I've got greater things than these that you're going to see in our three-year ministry together. You're going to see a lot of stuff. Now, that's the kind of foundation. Now, what was Jesus talking about? What did he really mean? What is this conversation all about with Nathaniel that Jesus kind of gave us a little, uh, a little interlude, if you will, to what he's going to do and how he kind of toyed with disciples some just so they would catch it? So what is he talking about? And how are we to understand this man named Jesus? You know, if we had been there, we'd been the same way. How did you know me? How did you know I was going through that marital problem? How did you know I was dealing with that drug? How did you know what was happening in my life? He knows. He knows you. He knows every hair of our head. He knows who we are. And that's a phenomenal thing. But greater things than that he's going to do for you and for me and for this great church. And so what was he teaching these disciples? Well, first of all, he wanted them to understand who he was because they had a misconception of who he was. For instance, in Mark chapter 10, verse 35 through 45, there's a conversation there. Jesus is teaching his disciples. And they said, oh, oh, man, your kingdom. You're going to set up your kingdom. He had mentioned his kingdom. And James and John had came to Jesus and said, listen, when you come into your kingdom, we, one of us is going to be on the left hand and the other is going to be on the right hand of your throne in the kingdom. You know why they said that? Because they thought it was a political messiah. They thought Jesus was going to set up his kingdom and overthrow the Roman government and overthrow the tyranny of the Roman rule. That's what they thought about who this man was. And so, boy, they were all fired up and following Jesus. His kingdom is coming. He's already done miracles. I'm telling you, we're going to get those Romans back. And so they kind of had a, a philosophy of, of a political messiah. And so Jesus is trying to teach them. And so he spent most of his three-year ministry with them really trying to teach them who he was and why he came, his purpose, and his plan of what he had for them and what he has for us. He was always teaching and always leading. And I, I said in the first service, and I, I really believe, one of the reasons I believe the disciples abandoned him in the Garden of Gethsemane when the Romans came after him, or the guards came after him, they abandoned him because I really think in the back of their mind, even though they, this is the son of God, they acknowledge that and all of that, but when they said, there he is, and they're, they're taking him, they're going to beat him up, scourge him. And so they fled because they really probably thought he wasn't who they thought he was. Why don't you just zap him? <laughs> that wasn't his plan, right? And so he'd been teaching them, and they really didn't understand who he was, and I have a belief that most of our people in this world do not, do not really understand who he is. We know, and 
say he's a son of God, he's this and that, but do we really know him intimately? And do we know him personally in a relationship, not out of obligation or out of duty? Have we ever fell in love with Jesus for who he is? The Redeemer, the Savior, the one that gave his blood for our sins. Have we ever just really loved on him like that? I think that's what he really wants us to do. He's loved on us, hadn't he? He really has. And so I say that to say this. He's expounding to them who he really is. Now I want you to turn to John chapter 14. John chapter 14. Very quickly. Does that sound familiar? Very quickly, very quickly. All right. Anyway. Uh, so Jesus is telling his disciples who he is. Right? He's telling them who he is. Now, don't forget what he told Nathaniel. Greater things than these you're going to see. Now, the question I would have, and probably they had, how are you going to do this? What in the world do you mean? Greater things than what you've done? We've watched you heal people? We've watched you turn water into wine? What in the world do you mean greater things than these that we're going to do? And by the way, how are we going to do it? Well, here's the answer. And Jesus had it for them. And by the way, listen, church, he's got the same answer for us. What he's telling them, he's telling us. You do know that the Bible's applicable, right? And so he's telling us. Look what he says in John chapter 14. Now, the first four verses... He gives them an answer of the kingdom he prepared for them. He's telling them, it's not here. I'm not a political messiah. Let your heart be not troubled. You believe in God, believe in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. That's the kingdom. I'm going to prepare a place for you, a kingdom for you. If it weren't so, I would have told you that. But if I'm going to prepare a place for you, where I am, that's where you're going to be. That's the kingdom. That's what I'm talking about. And then in verse 6, he tells them again who he is. And by the way, he's telling our culture and our world who he is in verse 6. Jesus said to them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Period. Amen? Amen. That's who he is. He's the Son of God. If you're going to heaven to the Father, you've got to go through the Son. And so that's what he says. Now, in verse number 10, drop down. He's really going to give them something now. You think that was an overload? You watch what he's about to say now to them. Verse 10, red letter. Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? He's talking about the Trinity here. He's getting to the whole threesome of it. But watch what he says. Do you guys not believe that I'm in the Father and the Father God is in me? Wow, that's a lot. Watch what he says. The words that I speak to you, I don't do, I'm not speaking those on my own authority. I'm not doing these miracles on my own authority. But the Father who dwells in me does the work. Don't miss that. The Father that dwells in me, Jesus said, He's the one that does the work through me. I'm in the Father. The Father's in me. What's verse 11? Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me or else believe me for the proof of it. 
for the evidence of it, for the sake of the works themselves. You've seen what I've done. If you don't believe I'm a son of God, just believe what God's doing. <laughs> What's he doing in me and through me? I mean, I'm healing folks. I'm raising people. If you don't believe me, believe him. And the works that he's doing in and through me. Because I can do nothing without him. Jesus said that. I can do nothing without the Father. And neither can I, neither can you. Now, I want you to watch verse 12. Don't miss verse 12. You got it? If you do, say amen. Say it again. Amen. Amen. Now you're getting there. All right. Verse 12. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he also is going to do. And greater works than these he will do. Because I'm going to my Father. Wow. What is he saying, man? How do we grasp that? All those works, we're doing greater things than those, and you're not going to be with us? Help! What do you mean? How are we going to do greater works than you, and you're gone? Explain it to us, Jesus. So he says, okay. He's always teaching. And look what he says in verse number 16. Jump down to 16. Here it is. I will pray the Father. By the way, he was always praying for them. And by the way, do you know he's interceding for us? Jesus is right now at the right hand of the Father. He's praying for you. Watch what he says. I will pray for, to the Father, and he will give you... What, what's that word, church? Say it with me. Another helper. The Greek text means one another sort of, likewise. So what does it mean? I'm going to give you another helper. Well, what does it mean, another helper? Who was the first helper? Jesus in the flesh. He was right there with them. He said, I'm going to go to the Father, but he's going to give you another helper. And they're saying, who's that? And he tells them, watch, that he may abide with you forever. I'm going to just be with you for a little while. I'm going, I'm leaving. I'm going back to the Father. I'm in Him. He's in me. But He's going to invite this helper, this paracletos, it's the Greek terminology. He's going to abide with you forever. It means come alongside of. So He's going to come alongside of you and indwell you forever. Look in verse 17. Who is it? The Spirit of Truth, capital S. The Spirit of Truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, capital H, by the way, you know him, for he dwells with you. That's Jesus. He dwells with you, and get this, now he's going to be in you. So what does it mean when we ask Jesus into our heart? What does it mean when we say, let's get saved? Jesus was with them physically. Then he said, but I'm going to be in you through the Holy Spirit of God. And so when you get saved, the Holy Spirit of God comes into you and dwells in you forever. That's how you know you're a Christian. You don't want to do those things you used to do because the Spirit won't let you. He's trying to tell you don't, 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 don't. God will let you, but the Spirit says don't do it. And so Jesus is just simply saying this. I've been with you, and I'm leaving but God's going to send the helper and he's going to indwell you forever and ever and ever. And look in verse 26. It gets gooder and gooder. Look in verse 26. 
He says, but the helper, there it is again, that's the comforter, it's the Holy Spirit. It says the Holy Spirit, the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. He's not sending him to I leave because we're the one, we're in one too. The Holy Spirit and Jesus are the same as well. He said, when he leaves, when I leave, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I have said to you. And by the way, I believe that's what we're doing here today. We're, we're just remembering this is a special day for my family and my wife and for this church in remembrance of what God's done in our life and our ministry here at Lindsay Lane for the past 28 years. And we're just remembering and celebrating, Brother Andy John said biblically, what God's done through the former man of God and his wife and his church. But listen to me very carefully. We're remembering the past. But you do know we don't live in the past. That's a good place to say, can I get a witness? We don't live in the past. We celebrate the past or we learn from the past and then we move forward. And that's what this church has done for the past year or so and that's what it's going to continue to do. I'm so proud of you and I'm proud of our pastor and staff and for leading our church. We didn't miss a beat in the transition. We really didn't. It was, a, it was just a hand of God as he always has blessed us. It's unbelievable what God has done and what God is doing. See, Jesus empowered his disciples with the Holy Spirit that they would remember what he said. Remember, Nathaniel, a few years ago when I told you, greater things than these you're going to see. Now I told you how. Because when I leave, go back to the Father, the Holy Spirit's going to come in. And by the way, he's going to empower you to do greater things. And by the way, here's something I wrote down as application. The greater things would not be greater in quality. You can't really improve on Jesus, right? John 13, 16 says, The servant is not greater than his master or Lord, but they would be greater in quality. I mean quantity. You, there's not going to be greater things than these in quality, but they're going to be greater than what Jesus did in quantity. There's going to be more of them. I mean, God's done a great work here in the past 28 years. He's going to do great work, already has, and going to continue to do that. Amen? Now, let me close. Here's a couple of takeaways. It's amazing how God uses ordinary men and women to accomplish His greater things in and through the power of the Holy Spirit of God. I think Andy John alluded to this, and I'm glad he did because it's so true. It's not about me or him or anybody else. It's about God. God will take anybody anybody and everybody who's willing to let him use them. Nobody has a monopoly on God. Whosoever will, whosoever will, God's willing. God will use you in a mighty way. Number two, don't ever forget it's God's power in us and not ourselves. One of the things that's really hard to stand here with Patsy and I is to be recognized the way we are as human beings, I guess, because all the glory goes to God. And we know that. And I know you're saying that. I'm saying that. It's still hard because you feel like God did this. He's doing this. And we just get in on what he's doing. I mean, we're just the vessels. We've just been vessels. And God gets all the glory. If you don't hear me say nothing else today, hear me say glory be to God. It all is because of him. 
Over the years, I've had several scriptures that I've claimed. I want to give you these four. They'll be on the screen. But I just want to share them with you because they meant so much to me in the vision here at Lindsay Lane. The first one is Habakkuk chapter 1. There is a book called Habakkuk in the Bible, right? Habakkuk chapter 1. Looking among the nations and watch. Be utterly astounded. For I will work a work in your days which you would not believe though somebody told you. You wouldn't believe what God is doing and what God's going to do in your life and in my life. Ephesians 3.20 Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. There it is again, that power that works in us. And then Jeremiah 33.3 used to be our motto here at Lindsay Lane when we were growing. We, we Bradley and I and we just other, we just kind of coined this phrase. Or this passage, Jeremiah 33, 3, Call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you, which you would, did not know. I was sharing with them when we were growing and building buildings. and I mean, God was blessing this church and still is. And people would come by and say, What are y'all doing here? How are you growing this great church? And we gave them such an honest answer. We'd look them in the face and say, We don't know. <laughs> we don't know what we're doing. We really don't. We just know God's moving. We're loving people, sharing Christ, and God's blessing. He always has and he always will. He's continued to do that. And then my life verse is uh, Galatians 6, 9. Let us not grow weary in well-doing, for in due season you shall reap if you don't quit. Now, I thought about that, Brother Bradley. I want to just share this with you, just as testimony. What if I'd quit? What if about 15 years in, and by the way, I was very tempted. I'm just telling you. It was in revival when Murray Wilton came and spoke that God got a hold of my life and gave me fresh renewal. I had to change some stuff, and God used it. And I'm telling you, I was weary. I was growing weary. But I said, you know what? I'm committed. We're dedicated. We're going to hang in there, and we did. But let me ask you this. What if I'd quit? Just look what God had in store. I would have missed it, right? I would have missed it. Don't quit on God. God's got a plan for your life. Don't grow weary in well-doing because in due season, hang in there. You're going to reap the rewards if you don't quit. I hope my grandkids hear that. Amen? Don't quit. Don't grow weary in well-doing. It'll pay off one day. I'm telling you. Let me close. I've been trying to close for 28 years. <laughs> I have a hard time with it. <laughs> I really do. God's blessed us in so many ways, but I'm just telling you. A lot of things I could say about what God's done, but most of you know what he's done here and you've heard the testimonies and all that. I don't want to, I just want to say that to say this. Again, those are past things. They're great things. God did some great works here in the past 28 years. He really did. But I'm telling you, greater things than these, God's going to do. Greater things than what you've seen. I'm telling you, don't quit. Hang in here with Pastor Andy John. You hang with him. Hang with this church. Hang with Jesus. 
You're going to see great and mighty things you've never even dreamed of. I'm telling you, the future of this church is great because God is great. He's great and he's got a great man of God. I'm telling you, preach the stars down. Loves people. Got a compassionate heart. His bride and all the people here serving the great things in store for this great church. And so greater things than these, Lindsay Lane Baptist Church, is going to be yours in the future. And I just want to tell you on behalf of my wife and my beautiful family. Aren't they beautiful? I got a great family. And by the way, I told the first service, amen, amen. I thank God for them. Their support to Patsy and I, and I love them dearly over the years. We have been pulled away from Joe Dare and Haley a lot, especially. But God's blessed us with a great family, really has. And we're not going anywhere because my grandkids are here. We're not going anywhere, all right? So they're here. So we love serving. Now, I'm serving in a different capacity now. I get to sit where you are. Brother Mike, isn't that an awesome thing? Just to hear the other preachers preach and sit back there and do like this. <laughs> Brother Andy John, for a long time, I thought a lot of people got new watches for Christmas. They were just... <laughs> Of course, I've, I've, I've learned what that meant. It didn't do any good, but I did learn it. But I am close. I'm going to share this with you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you for giving to the Lord. I am a life that was changed. Thank you. For giving to the Lord, I am so glad you gave. Amen. From my family to yours, we're so glad that you gave. I want to close with this. Hand me that. I want to ask our pastor, if he would, to come up. Pastor Andy John King, come on up here. By the way, this is something else I've been saving for over a year. In 2 Kings chapter 2, we read about the prophet Elijah. He was a man of God. He had a protege that began to serve alongside of him that God had his hand on. His name was Elisha. And the Bible talks about this, how Elisha told Elijah, I'm not going to leave you. I'm going to follow you. And everywhere he went, Elijah went. Elisha was right there behind him. And in 2 Kings chapter 2 in verse number 9, Elisha prayed for a double portion of the anointing that God had placed on Elijah the prophet. And you know what God did? He gave it to him. He gave Elisha the double portion of the blessing of the Spirit of God upon his life. And I really believe in this 21st century, I'm seeing the same thing happen right here in our eyes. God has blessed my life. He's blessed the ministry here at Lindsay Lane. But it's time for a handoff. Now, it's been a year. This would have been a lot more back in April last year, I'm sure. <laughs> still got the date on it back then. But I still want to do this just officially, officially, let Andy John King know how much I love you, how proud I am of you, and you're my pastor, and you're the pastor of this great church. Greater things are yet to be done. 
And God's still moving in your life in this church, and he's going to do great things in you and through this church. And I want you to know, I love you, my friend. seated just just for a moment i was going to hand this to Brittany, and i don't want to put it down i just want to hold it thank you so much um i for one am grateful for october the 30th 1979 at 3 a.m in the morning and if you are unfamiliar with this testimony you should hear it because that's when god saved him and god can do the same for you God saved me, and we've seen him take sinners to saints. We've, we've seen him take a man who said in his last sermon in the first service, first service was a hellion to a pastor. We had a baptism in the first service. We've seen church members, families transformed, baptisms. God got a hold of his heart and changed his life. And he used him to build a church. And I'm just simple-minded enough to believe that God can do the same with any one of us. And so I'm so thankful for today and for reminders of what God continues to do. And so as I I just had you sit down, I'm going to ask you to stand up. And we'll have a brief time of invitation. We're not done yet, but I do want to give you a time to respond Y'all, our church is it's still growing. We have visitors all the time. We have people joining. There are people being baptized. We had a baptism this morning. We have one coming next week. And so if you want to join the church today, we have people here to receive you. We have decision counselors. Our pastors are here. Maybe today is, is your day. You want to look back on this day, that this is the day when you finally gave your life to the Lord, that he's been drawing you all this time, and it's time to surrender. But if you want to join the church when we be baptized, you need to be saved. That's what this time is for. This is a response time. Obviously, this is not the only time where you can come talk to us or express a need or decision, but this is a special time for this altar open, and we just want to open it to you. Lord God, thank you so much for today and what it means. We're so thankful for Brother Dusty and Miss Patsy. God, we are so grateful for what you've done in their life. Lord, we thank you for their example of faithfulness over the years. God, the faithfulness that continues even now as they continue to serve. Lord, what an example we've had. Well, Lord, that's an example that's meant to be followed. So, Lord, I pray on behalf of our church that we would be the church in the days to come that you have in mind, that we would value the things that you value, And, Lord, let it begin with people who want to turn from themselves and turn to you. God, that we would give ourselves up, surrender our life to you. So, Lord, that you would use us and our families for your glory and the good of man. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. This altar is open for you.